was a slam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Writing the Nerds. We are uh, running late on this episode. We uh, we should have done it about a week ago, and it just didn't happen. Things happened. We have yeah. adulting. Right. I say to, to quote some Jeff Goldblum, uh, "Life found a way." Yes. Uh, uh, so we're we're coming at you a little late, but better late than never. Uh, RBG will not be with us. He is vacationing actually right now. They're, they went to go visit family in somewhere. Yep. Uh, not a state, so they're not even in, in the same state we're in. Uh, I am Kegger. I'm here with my co-host. Uh, Cody. And uh, today's topic, we'll be doing uh, Doctor Who. There's a, you know, there's only about ooh, 55, 60 years of history there. Uh, started in 63. Mm-hmm. So I guess 60 years would be 23. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, there there was a there was a time there was a gap there like they were on hiatus hmm. between seven and nine, uh, and that ungodly made-for-TV American movie that introduced us to eight. Um, yeah, okay. And that was his solo only outing. Well, he had a little mini sode right around the time of the fiftieth anniversary, hmm. uh, where it showed him turning into the War Doctor. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's okay. Well, so hell. yeah, that was uh, when God. we got one of the probably the greatest doctors in uh, John Hurt. Mm. Which, <laughs> not to mention like John Hurt being on screen with some of the greatest doctors the show has ever seen. Right. Absolutely. Oh. Uh, I call them the golden age. I mean, yeah. they really were. Uh, well, I guess they'd have to be the silver age because the golden age. I think a lot of people would argue is four. Yeah, I was going to say Tom Baker. 4 was incredibly popular. Uh, he was the one that did it the longest. I think he had something like 11 seasons under his belt or something like that. Yeah, isn't he the one? Cause He's the one with the hat and the, the rainbow scarf yes. and the jacket. Yep. Yeah, that was him. Um, you know, and then shit, both uh, Tennant and Matt Smith's runs put them together were only half of Tom Baker's. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, Tom Baker... A lot of people, he's still the doctor. Oh, um, which is funny because I think everyone our age is probably hovering between uh, David Tennant and Matt, Matt Smith. Smith. Yeah, which I'm I'm Tennant all the way. I I hate to say it, but I gotta go. The more I think about him, I'm more Matt Smith because he's got that mad scientist vibe. I will like you, that. you never know exactly what he's doing. Um, and even in the, the 50th anniversary, when the war doctor's yelling him, can't you not talk without flapping your hands about? And he's like, yes, no, and he just keeps going. <laughs> this is granddad and son shoes here. Uh, I don't know, Smith, there's just something about Matt Smith's doctor, doc, the, the 11th doctor that I just love. Um, my friend Travis will probably brain me for saying that. But, I mean, Tenet was great. Tenet was amazing. Uh, one of my favorite scenes was in the the library, mm. Silence in the Library, or the where you meet River Song for the first time. Okay. Uh, something in the library. Anyway, uh, by the time he figures everything out, he gets you know everybody's basically dead. Mm. He gets pissed off and he tells the the creatures the Vashtin Narada or whatever. Mm that is causing the problems. He said, you're in the, uh, he's threatening them. 
And they're like, well, who are you to make threats? He said, you're in the biggest library in the universe. I'm the doctor. Look me up. And they were like, um, okay, you got 24 hours. We're going to back off. Right. You know, <laughs> you know we're going to hold up, you know, um, our bed. Do what you need to do, and but then don't come back. I think that's one of the things I liked about Tenen's doctor was that he could always be extremely uh, fun and laid back, like seemingly. But, but then he, he could bring the thunder. I was going to say, if he had to bring the thunder, though, he'd get the fuck out the way. Oh, like, yeah, he, he could was, bring the thunder. Yeah. Uh, and But Matt Smith could do it, too. Mm. Um, in the first episode, the 11th hour of Matt Smith's, the, the thing comes that had threatened the, the Earth, gets the prisoner zero, leaves, and Matt Smith, uh, his doctor goes, no, 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 I wasn't done with you. You get back here. And they show back up, and he's like, uh, who the hell are you to threaten this planet? I protect this planet. I'm the doctor. And that's about the time, you know, that's that big climactic scene where he's finally figured out what he's wearing. He's mm-hmm. kind of figured, figured out his personality, and he knows exactly what to do. Uh, it's just kind of one of those, just like, damn. And then even through that, the Matt Smith's run, he talks like, uh, especially when they're they're figuring out River Song and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, one of the planets that he's visited, their their word for warrior was Doctor. Nice. Um, so I mean, Matt Smith could bring the thunder, whereas mm. Capaldi, it's just he was grumpy, but he was almost too grumpy. Yeah. Never he latched. wasn't the fun grumpy. I never latched on to Capaldi, honestly. I didn't either. They had some decent storylines in his seasons. Like, I like some of the episodes, but overall, his doctor Missy's, was... Like, like we were saying before the episode, yes. Missy's, Missy's part in that whole oh my Capaldi's God. era, hers was pretty much what, what carried that whole... To me, carried that whole series mm. while Capaldi was running. And I know nothing of Jodie Whittaker. I don't either. I know that it's got the worst ratings of any Doctor Who season. Having having just signed up for, for HBO Max, though, and realizing they have, like, the Eccleston all the way through Jodie Whittaker, oh, yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to be doing some re-education and some catching up. Now, Eccleston, Eccleston was a great jumping-off point mm. because without Eccleston, number nine, we wouldn't have had 10 and 11. Um, and actually I was sitting there thinking about it, thinking about this episode today. Eccleston was pretty much the war doctor. Remember how the, in the, in the special, the war doctor said some men are born great and others are the born just to light the fire. Yeah. I feel like Eccleston had to light the fire. Okay. For 10 and 11 to come in and just shoot the series out of out of the stratosphere yeah because what was it i mean 10 was really at least from what i that's when people i knew started talking about it like have you ever seen this fucking show from bbc i'm Mm. like no what is like doctor who nine when they started it back up they started it uh it was obviously on bbc but sci-fi was airing it too so i watched the first season with Christopher Eccleston. Um, didn't know what Doctor Who was. So I was like, did they did they just replace the actor? Not knowing that that's part of the show. Hmm. You know, when one die, when the Doctor dies, he yeah. regenerates into a new body. Uh, is, um, is Tennant the only one to have ever regenerated himself? Yes. I thought as so. As far as I know, David Tennant's uh, the 10 is the only one to has 
like negated the regeneration because he put his finger or whatever in the like severed hand. Finger. Yeah, yeah, the severed always. hand from when he had first regenerated in the tenant in the ten. Yeah, um, his hand got cut off, but it was still during the regeneration, so it just grew back. Yeah, um, immediately. Uh, I still remember when he steps out, just like you're yourself still, and he's just like. Of course, he's just like, why wouldn't I be? Look at me. <laughs> right, it's, like, it's very egocentric. Yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Look at me. I'm good. You know. Uh, but they did. They did come back in Eleven's uh, run and explain that Eleven uh, was supposed to be the final yeah. regeneration because the War Doctor, right. which we didn't know about, and Tenant regener- Ten regenerated to Ten again because they get like a. 13 regenerations. 13 right? regenerations, and the doctor was running out. Yeah. Um, and it took him to have to save Gallifrey, basically, even mm. though you don't really get that. But uh, he had to save Gallifrey to get a whole other set of regenerations. And, in fact, when he regenerated into 12, he was like, this is new territory. I don't know how many more I've got. Um, so... I mean, honestly, it's a show that can keep on going no matter what. Uh, and the whole like the whole premise of the regeneration was one: the original Doctor, uh, William Hartner, died in yeah. mid-season, and they were like, "What are we gonna do?" Because it was a popular show even then. Oh yeah. They were like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" Well, they just recast William Hartnell. They got somebody that looked similar to him to finish out the season, and then came up with the idea of the regeneration. He's like, oh, we can keep going, and that's when we got two. So, uh, and I loved during the 50th anniversary how they were doing the the doctors through the years. It was like a countdown. So you started with one, and they talked about William Hartnell and then the guy that kind of replaced him there at the end. And then they did like four episodes from their run. So you got four episodes of William Hartnell's run. And then when he went to two, they talked about two for most of it. And then you got four episodes of two, um, all the way up to eight, because there's no episodes. There's just the movie. So you got mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, it was awful. <laughs> it was, it was a completely Americanized. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you always hit that point in this series where it just kind of, it's that shit phase. Well, as as we've seen from how many weeks on this podcast. Right. Now? Well, it it's this is the only series that it's happened to twice, mm. and the second time was indirectly. Uh-huh. Uh, Torchwood was the spinoff. Oh yeah, of Doctor Who. Right. The first three seasons, I think it's three seasons. The first three seasons of Torchwood are BBC. The fourth season of Torchwood is I think stars it's brought over to America. There's three carryovers, two or three carryovers counting, uh, John Barrowman. Uh, and they added Mackay Pfeiffer to the mix. Okay. Um, and the premise of that season was somebody got captain Jack Harkness's DNA and pretty much made everybody on Earth immortal, but at the same time making Jack mortal. Oh. So Jack was the only one that could die. That sucks. 
Um, and by the end of it, Mackay Pfeiffer was just like Jack Harkness. Um, and also, I don't know, what else, what is there something, is there anything, because I feel like I'm driving this, uh, how much, how much have you seen? Basically, my, <laughs> say my introduction to Doctor Who was after a friend of mine, just like, have you ever seen Doctor Who? I'm like, no, what the hell are you talking about? You know, this was, I was still in high school, mm. I'm pretty sure. Well, the know? first season came out in 05. Yeah, so I was still in high school, and all of a sudden, he's just like, I'll be right over. And How old are you? 32. 32. You're yeah. three years. Yep. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Jenny, I was 21. Yeah, so. Yeah, that makes sense. He, uh. He brought, like, next thing I know, he's showing up at my door with a fucking TiVo in his hand. Like, <laughs> just to show you how dated this is. TiVo. Holy shit. Right? I mean. Do people record things anymore? I mean, DVR, I guess. But you can stream everything now, right? so who gives a shit. Like, the, so he comes in with his TiVo and uh, hooks it up to my TV, and all of a sudden, six hours later, we're... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, we fucking binge Doctor Who. We start with... I think he only caught the tail end of Eccleston, and all oh, of a sudden he's like... Yeah, so I start off with, like, the last three, four episodes of Eccleston, and then move into Tenet, and I'm like, never mind, I'm fucking hooked. Like, the atmosphere see- of this show... Okay, yeah. so... A lot of things happened with Eccleston that matter but don't. And one of those things that matter but doesn't is Simon Pegg is in an episode. Really? Yes. I mean, it makes sense. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Name a British actor. They've been on Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't doubt that whatsoever. I love watching uh, the only three I didn't see from the original I mean, a lot of the kids and stuff from uh, Harry Potter hmm. were the, the three, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, God, Arthur Weasley, I can never remember his name. Yep. He's in it for several seasons. He's Rory's. Yeah. Rory, uh, I can't, Williams. I always call him Rory Pond. <laughs> but uh, Rory Williams, he's his father. So it's it's Amy's father-in-law, and he goes on some adventures with the doctor. Uh uh, uh, God, I can't ever think of You knew his name. He played William Hartnell and uh, Fletch, Felch. Oh. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Bradley is his last name. Yeah, something Bradley. It's not Thomas He's in Bradley. it. Uh, yeah, Walter Frey there. Moaning Myrtle is yeah. in a tenant episode. I do remember. I've seen that She's, one. She yeah. ends up in like a concrete block or something. It's just her face. Um, there's so many. Uh, Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye shows up several times. As he should. Uh, Bill Nye should show up in a lot of other things, too. Bill Nye. I mean, he's like a museum direct curator. And not the Louvre, but they were doing like a Van Gogh. Mm. And over there, they say golf, Van Gogh. Yeah. Uh, They were doing a Van Gogh exhibit. He was the curator. And they brought Van Gogh to the future to see his exhibit. And like he's telling him what he thinks of Vincent Van Gogh and basically making Van Gogh cry. Uh, I loved that episode. Of all the time where they go back and meet somebody famous, the Van Gogh stuff was amazing just because I used to have the TARDIS painting like like uh, Starry Night. Oh, very I nice. I used to have that as a poster. Um, 
But yeah, like uh, there's a lot of like just the cameos and small roles that you people that you know make millions and millions of dollars when they do pictures now. Oh yeah. Are in it. You're just like, oh my god, it's Simon Pegg. Oh my god, it's Nick Frost. You know, Nick Frost plays Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, that God, that makes sense actually. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that trying to think because we wouldn't even get introduced to simon Pegg and nick frost all that fat like when did fucking Shaun of the dead come out because that's really a lot of i think first... it came out like oh three okay yeah because i say that's a lot of our first i was in louisiana yeah. i was in louisiana when that came out so okay. that was oh three oh four okay so yeah right around that time then so yeah because i know hot fuzz and yeah uh, i'm just trying to think of all the people that have been in there. oh uh dumbledore the second one Oh, yeah, Gam- uh, Alfred Gambon, was it? Gambian. Yeah, yeah. Gam- Gambano or Gambian. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. He's They play like a Scrooge episode. They're, uh, one of the Christmas episodes is like Scrooge. And they go back <laughs> into his past and stuff. And it's when he's an old man, it's Dumbledore. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just, I love watching it because it's just like. I'm just waiting for the day that Carrie Elways or Els however you want to pronounce gets to play Ebenezer Scrooge because supposedly Scrooge was like partially based off one of his relatives. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Just well, I mean, to... even they even go back and meet Dickens, Charles Dickens, and I think that's in, yeah. that's in Ecclestein's run. Yeah. Because every season they go back in time and meet somebody famous. Um, and, and Dickens, I think, was trying to... No, he was helping. Uh, I was thinking he was trying to like stop them for some reason, but he's not like, I think he is at the very beginning. Yeah. It's all fun. Like I love when they go back in the past and play with, mm. with, uh, uh, historic, right. Figures. Um, and Dickens reflects on his time fondly with the doctor. It was the best of times and it was the, the worst, worst of, of times. times. Uh, he had some great expectations. Martha got to meet Shakespeare and Shakespeare said Expelliarmus. Nice. Um, I mean, it's just all fun. Like, it's just, I love Doctor Who. It's campy that's, and it's silly. See, that's the thing that drew me in because at first I'm like, man, these effects fucking blow. Oh, yeah. And, and then, then after you get hooked in, you don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it then doesn't after, matter. like, you know, 10 minutes in, you're like, okay, who gives a shit? Because right. this atmosphere is campy. It's fun. It's like. It could be serious. It could be scary. It could be. It, Doctor Who can be anything you want it to be. And has been anything you want it to well, be. Well, I mean, if you have a show that runs that long, you have to. Like, you can't just keep doing the same shit time and time again. Like, you have to play with every genre. You have to play with, you know. Well, like, even the, uh, the wardrobes. I don't remember Ecclestein as much, but uh, a 10 and 11 totally did it. Mm. Uh, the color of 10's suit would be different if they were in the past as huh. opposed to either the present or the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, so if they went to the past, it was always one color. And if they were in the future, it was always another color. Um, with 11, it was his bow ties. <laughs> he had a red bow tie yeah. if he was in the past, and it was a blue bow tie if it was anything else. I never paid attention to the wardrobe that closely. I just know that the thing I would always catch is just like, what was it, Ten's trench coat? Mm-hmm. And the Chuck Taylors. The hero coat and the yeah, Chucks, yep. Pretty much, like, yeah. And it was always like, because the first time I saw him, I'm like, this dude knows that he needs to look dapper, but he also needs to know that he needs to take off and beat some ass. He's got the right, right footwear. Right. Um, and I love the whole premise of the Doctor and the reason he chose his name. 
is from the Hippocratic, Hippocratic Oath. Uh, do no harm. I don't know the oath. You think I would being a Doctor Who fan, but uh, I don't. But yeah, he heard the Hippocratic Oath on Earth and loved it, and he became the Doctor. Because um, he's always there to help. Uh, I had something else about that. Oh, it's one of the biggest mysteries is his real name. Oh, they yeah. played that up real hard on uh, 11, during 11's run, a little bit in 12's run. I, I don't think, you know, they, they probably shouldn't ever really reveal it because at this point it no. just be very anticlimactic. It would be like, you know, take, for example, like John Wick, where it's just like his impossible task. Oh, yeah. I don't need to know what happened now. You can kind of figure it out. They, they talk about it so much yeah. that you already kind of know he just killed a lot of people. He basically was a one-man army against a whole different faction yeah. of gangsters or whatever. He wiped somebody out so they right. could build. And there's just that, you know, and it shouldn't have been possible, but he somehow did it. Yeah, but it's he like, to do it. But, I mean, it, it would Moore be style. like, it would be going all the way through and feel like the Monty Python reveal for, there are oh, yeah. some who call me Tim. <laughs> like, that's what it would feel like at this point. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's... At this point, it's better to be left as a mystery. Um, and I think they dropped that once Stephen Moffat walked away. Um, and Stephen Moffat needed to walk away. By the time he was done, I was just like, dude, where are you going? <laughs> um, I don't like that I've the rumors that I've heard about uh, 13. What do you mean? Well, there's no overarching story anymore. It's all just episodic. It's all, they're all the episodes are just episodic. So everything's contained in the episode. Mm. Um, and her first run, there's no familiar territory. Uh, she never goes up against the Daleks. She never goes up against the Cybermen. It was all I really basically kind of like somebody described it to me as like a cheesy ripoff of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at her first season... The- her first season have the lowest ratings I've ever seen. Jesus. It's like it goes from Which sucks. even in even in twelves run, it was like I can't remember what Eccleston's I yeah. think like nines and eights, tenants was nines and eights, a couple sevens. Uh elevens uh, run was nines and eights and some sevens. Twelves were sevens and eights and sevens, some sixes, thirteens, yeah. fives. Almost across the board. Jesus. Um, nobody seems they 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 like her, and they said like somebody even told me they were, she reminds them of Tenant of Ten. Oh, very nice. Um, Which I mean that's high praise. Yeah, it is. from a, it really from is. a Who fan, you know, is the, because no matter what, like even if you don't like other Doctors, Ten seems to be like Ten, Four, and Eleven seem to be universally agreed on yeah. as being. The ones. They're, yeah. they're the doctors. Um, which is funny because 10, you know the, the funny trivia about 10? Oh, there's so much about him. Well, I, well, he married the... Um, he based his doctor off of five. Oh. And then married the fifth's daughter, fifth's do- the fifth doctor's daughter. Okay, right. Who came out in an episode and played the doctor's daughter... So the doctor married the doctor's daughter. <laughs> See, I do know he used to be a super fan when he was.
was a kid too. So to the oh, point yeah. where he was like so obsessed he was writing school papers about it. That's funny. And the only other time I've ever seen somebody get a part like that for something they completely obsessed with was um the A Team movie, Charlton Copley. When he got was, to be uh, Murdoch? Yes, because he, he was, was the greatest Murdoch. He was like, a super fan when he was younger and loved Murdoch. Oh, yeah. And he but, got to be Murdoch. That's why his Murdoch was probably the greatest thing about that movie. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Bradley Cooper for that, Bradley Cooper was perfect his face. Because mm-hmm. at the time he was, you know, everybody was just like, oh, my God, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. There you know, panties dropping left and right. Uh, everybody else was sketchy in that movie. But it lends a really good ear to the fact that sometimes you should consider casting a super fan who can right, act. Right. You know? Charlto like, Copley, he's he's amazing. He is. Like, which is he funny can do because anything. Well, he only got the part in District Nine because Neil Blomkamp was like one of his best friends. Yeah. And he's like, great. I just need your help. He did great in that. But, um so yeah, here's that's that's the message to take from this though, Hollywood. Hire some goddamn super fans every now and then. Like uh well, who's the Marvel super fan? Is it Kevin Feige? Oh God, yeah. My Feige, you know he's he got hired and he's a super fan. Well, he spent some of his early days fetching coffee for oh, yeah. on some Climb of from the, the bottom up worst Marvel movies. You know how bad like that has like he has to look back on his early career and be like it pisses me off so much that I had to watch them make that drivel while I was right? on set. What were those? Like, You're I'm not pretty talking sure. about like the first, the first Fantastic Four that never. Got I'm aired. pretty sure I am talking. Ooh. Well, okay, no, I'm talking early 2000s. Oh. Whenever you're seeing, I, okay, so when I say the worst drivel they've ever put out, I mean with actual, you know, effort. Hulk. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. Like you know, the, where actual Daredevil, effort was put in. Electra. <laughs> yes, and budgets, and shit just didn't happen. Right. Like, I mean, you know, like, so, yeah, when you put a super fan into it, you know their heart and soul's already in it because right. they don't want to fuck it up because they know how much they would be pissed off if it went south and they were watching. Right. Uh, it's kind of like uh, John Bernthal when he got the Punisher role. Yeah. He had so many people basically walk up and threaten his life if he didn't get it right. So he got it right. Uh, maybe that's what it took. Uh, Tom Jane had a great, great presence, but. Yeah. Well, he was a Punisher fan, but I just don't think like he wasn't a writer either, which is no. kind of the problem with the Punisher movie he was in. And I loved his game. The Punisher game where Tom Jane was the voice of the Punisher. Oh, I never played It kind of played off like it was a sequel. That's good. But hearkening back to the comics, too. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Mm. Uh, I mean, hell, even David Tennant was in a Marvel. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Yep, he was uh, Kill. And that's the thing. He shows up in so much Gore. nerd shit now. Oh, God, I know. Uh, Killgrave. Yeah. Killgrave, that's right. Like, he shows up in so much nerd shit now. I mean, even he was in the remake of Fright Night, which was... Oh, my God, and he was great in that. Yes, he was. He was the vampire hunter yes. who wasn't really a vampire hunter. No, he was so... He was like a glam rock guy. It was hilarious. Like some kind of glam rock David Copperfield. Like, it was just... Oh, it was, it was pretty funny. And there he's walking, and they're trying to talk to him, and he's, like, taking off his wig and kicking the shoes off. And... Yeah, I mean, and, and fucking Scrooge McDuck. Oh, All yes. I gotta say, the only man Scottish enough to be Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, it's nice he finally got to use his real accent. Right, I loved listening to him do interviews and shit because uh, 
you know, you actually got to hear what he normally sounds like. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's Scottish. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you. so is John Barrowman. Hmm. He's Scottish, too, but he went through voice lessons, which now he sounds like he's just straight up fucking American. So right. I'm trying to think, like, you know what? David Tennant's already been in Marvel. Just go ahead and throw him in D.C. now. Give him a Batman villain. Who'd he be? I don't give a shit, honestly. <laughs> like, that's a, Mad I could, Hatter. I could see him as a Mad Hatter. Fuck, I could even see him as a Joker, if only because I've seen Jared Leto's Joker. And well, uh, yeah, Jared Leto only, set the bar low. You can only go. Up I watched that. that the other day. Why? Uh, it was on TV. And uh, I was at go. work, and there was nothing else to do. Uh, I don't know. That's. Uh, I could see what he was trying to do with the role, mm. and just and it probably editing. I don't know. Say if they kept some of the scenes. Yeah, it might have made more sense. Because there was a whole like part, like we were talking about it back in the day on a previous episode. I can't remember which one. Hmm. Uh, and now I understand when my podcast guys say that it's like, wow, I've done this is eleven. I think. Yeah. I can't or remember the ten before it. Um, right off the top of my head. Uh, but uh, yeah. Shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I mean, usually we, we do the overarching series topics, and Doctor Who is one with a shitload of history. Like, even when we did Battlestar Galactica, that was only two different series. Yeah. Well, three. Sorry, three. And, and then we do Doctor Who, and it started in 63 and didn't end until, like, 87. Yeah. So, I mean, even there by itself, I mean, it might have been 89. But from then to, like, 96, there was no Doctor Who except for that. God awful TV movie. And, and I've I, watched it a couple times. And I would love to hear some comments on this episode too, just speaking of like what kind of lasting power series had. Whenever we first say Doctor Who in this episode, how many of you heard that theme song in your head? Yeah. Yep. The uh, what do they call it? The theremin? Yeah. The theremin. I think it's the, or, the, yeah. Well um, they use it for they used it for Star Trek originally. Hmm. Uh I think it's the theremin. And actually Doctor Who came first, so I think. I don't know which one came first, the original Star Trek or Doctor Who. Now, well, if it was sixty three, then it would have been Doctor Who. Star Trek, I believe, was sixty six. Sixty six, maybe. Well, let me look that Dude. up before I get murdered by a Trekkie walking out of my door tomorrow. Right, <laughs> Trekkies, good old Trekkies. We need to do a Trekkie episode. I mean, I do love some Trek. I'm one of those. One of those few, I think. Here, well, actually, I don't. I don't even think I'm the few. I think there's a shitload of nerds like me out there. When you're like Star Trek or Star Wars, be like, I prefer Star Wars, but I could go for some Kirk. Right, like I could do Star Trek '63. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll still. I mean, some of those though. Granted, I could do without some of it. Why does God 66. need a starship? '63. Uh, 66. So, mm-hmm. Doctor Who's three years older than Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, so I was right. Okay. Which, shit, Star Trek just celebrated a 50th. Yep. Did I know that? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember hearing anything about it. You know me either, now that I think about it, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of wondering where the Star Trek movies are going to go. I don't know. I think they're. I don't think they're worrying about them right now because they've got. They've just announced the new uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, where it's going to be the Enterprise before uh, Kirk got on. 
Oh, very nice. So it's going to be Pike. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say I heard about that, and I'm actually pretty happy about that, oddly. I know they gave Spock a sister. Oh, okay. She's on Discovery. Yeah, she's the first officer or whatever. Okay. No, that's right. Fuck. I don't know. I haven't watched Discovery. I'm real behind on a lot of sci-fi. I I feel bad to say that I am too. But the yeah, last thing I saw sci-fi wise really was a uh, altered carbon. Yeah, if I had like an extra hundred dollars to throw around each month, I would subscribe to all these other right. streaming services. But I'm just gonna wait until they eventually start dropping like flies and start to consolidate. Well, hell, Randy and I were talking about how we needed to jump on this idea, and I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. Uh, Basically, we've come to a point in our lives where it's like cable with extra steps. Mm -hmm. Why don't it just make like an app that bundles them together and that's the price you pay? Why not? You know, you can make, you mark it up a couple bucks. You can make all kinds of money on that. Uh, We just don't know how to do it. Uh, It'd take a lot of back deals and whatnot, and I imagine the House of Mouse wouldn't be too thrilled with that, but... Hey, I mean, hell, the House of Mouse is already bundling shit. Was it? Because you get... Was Disney it that Plus? Robin Williams always said that it's like, why does the mouse have like four fingers or whatever that so he doesn't have to pick up a check? That- <laughs> uh, but Doctor Who, uh, how do we swing this bag? Oh. Eric Roberts was the master in the, the American true. TV version. He, well, he's kind of that go-to actor if you need, like, a really shysty... Yeah, if you need kind of, like, a bad guy on the fly, like, you yeah. go to Eric Roberts. Like, even uh, Mr. Brightside. Yeah. The video the vi- for yeah. Mr. Brightside, Eric killers. Roberts was Mr. Brightside, you know? Yeah. Or was whatever, uh, the other guy. Right. Um, and I love that Eric Roberts isn't like his sister at all, where he'll just take whatever. Yeah. You know, where his sister's just, like, an uber cunt and... You know, super hard to work with. Uh, from what I, I understand, her Tinkerbell was like the worst okay. thing about. That her. was, I was going to say, I can't, from what I understand, she's actually really easy to work with after that spell. But I think it was because she fell into what most Hollywood types seem to back in the 80s big and head. 90s. Not even a big head, just, uh, you know, alcohol, vices. <laughs> yeah. You know, other vices and whatnot. So Fine white china. <laughs> so yeah, there there are some people that are difficult to work with, but I I mean RDJ from that time period. Yeah, good lord. Up until the time he he got when he finally got the role for yeah. uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. I mean, I remember him getting arrested. I remember him getting drunk and wandering into somebody's house. Yeah, drunker and drunk as off his ass. I mean, blackout drunk, and he's just like, "Don't worry, I'm famous." And he fell asleep on their couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they called the cops on him. I remember when he got arrested for that. So I definitely, I, I would not use that to describe Julia Roberts now, though. I mean, like, if you have it during that time frame, yeah, because, well, I mean, really, in the 90s, though, if you're thinking about it, like, how many meltdowns can you remember hearing about on the news from people just completely going off the fucking rails? Oh, right. I mean, so many. So, and Corey nowadays... Corey Feldman. And, ugh, and nowadays, when you hear about it, it's just like... Christian Bale flipping out on somebody because they were fucking with the light while he was trying to get some emotion going. Right. Or, uh, what was it? There was that one, that one rant he had about somebody walking across the set while they were filming. Yeah. He f- stopped filming. Yeah. Just to bitch this guy out. Um, 
But I don't know. I mean, granted, that's a lot. Well, I don't know if that's a lot better, actually. At least when somebody's like high or they're drunk, there's a good reason why they're acting that way. Right. Well, not a good reason, but it's a reason where you're just like, oh, a different substance was involved. Right. I, under- <laughs> I understand why you might be an asshole. Mind altering substance. But instead, it's a guy who's trying to do his job while you're trying to do your job. And then it's like, yeah, now you're just a prick. Like, See, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, I got really got to thinking about this the other day. I was watching, they're doing Supernatural on TNT, and I work during the day, so there's not much on. So marathons are key. And I got to thinking, you know, oh, this actor's doing good. I'm glad he's still working. And it hit me. They're working. That's work. They have to show up and yeah. earn their paycheck like all like everybody else. So it's just like, yeah, we glamorize all these people, but they're just working. Yeah. You know, they're just working. Really weird hours, too. Right, you know, sometimes they're up until like four in the morning, six in the morning. They started, you know, at eight or, you know, six in the morning the day before. So, yeah, they, they work a little harder sometimes, but then other times not so much. But it's still, it's still a paycheck. It's still a job. I mean, speaking of some hardworking folk, though, who came from Doctor Who, because right now, for right jumping out into my mind, Karen Gillan. Yes, Karen Gillan. Uh, uh, well, hell, even um, Billy Piper. I Billy mean, Piper. She did uh, Penny Dreadful. God, she was fucking great in Penny Dreadful, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even... I never got to see, like, the last six episodes of the first series. I've heard that new series is amazing. Oh, yeah. It was it City of Angels? Is that what Something called? like that. Yeah. I, I need to watch it. I, I know it's in the th- 20s or 30s, and it's in L.A. Hmm. Um, and I know they're playing with a lot more, like, Native American lore. Okay. That'd be good. Because I was wondering where the hell they were going to go because they kind of used up all the, you know. Yeah. They had uh, the werewolf. They had Frankenstein. They had Dracula. They kind of burned out, burned through all of them in the first season. So I was trying to think of where the hell they could go. I mean, they could go with the mummy. No. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, whenever you say the mummy now, I'm just like. You think of that goddamn Tom Cruise movie? It. Yeah. It's at this point, it's like a flashback of like a it's great because the dark universe for Universal started and imploded all in the same movie. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the mummy. Yeah, they haven't done shit with any of it. No. Well, the Invisible Man is supposed yeah. to be a part of it unless they disconnected I'd, it. I think they disconnected it. I don't know, though, like I because I don't think there was anything tying it in. You know, they could do. Well, I guess not, because that's all. It all happened in Paris and happened in the 1800s. I was going to say they could do Jekyll and Hyde, but they'd have to get him over here like 60 years later. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. But uh, John Hurt, that whole episode, did you did you see? You saw that stuff, right? The, yeah, when it's John been a Hurt while, got brought in. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the episode John Hurt first showed up as the doctor in? No. The name of the doctor. Okay, so it was the name of the doctor. Because I keep, I wanted to say the day of the doctor. Where Clara jumps into his timeline Mm. and somehow ends up in his mind or something. Oh, well. Uh, Clara sees him. She goes, I've seen all your other faces are here, but I don't know that one. He's, you know, it's not, well, the whole thing plays up like you're going to find out the doctor's name this whole season, right? Mm. So it plays up and it plays up. And this is the finale. They don't, after this episode, you don't get shit 
for an entire year. And that was when the 50th anniversary came out. Hmm. And then the new season started after. So for, for an entire year, this is the last thing you get. And it's the name of the doctor is the name of the episode. Um, and I was actually with my ex. And that was the first episode of any of it that she had ever seen. Uh-huh. And I was flipping out by the end of it because you hear his voice. And I'm like, why the, why the fuck does that sound like John Hurt? And he turns around and it's John Hurt and it goes introducing John Hurt as the doctor. And I was like, you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers. They pulled the bait and switch right there at the end. It was the last thing you see of any of it for a year. I was so mad, but it was so good that I went back and watched it again immediately right after it ended. So I don't know. It was a double edged sword. But Moffat loved to do that kind of shit. Yeah. He loves to, to be like, oh, yeah, the whole episode's the name of the doctor. We're playing the whole season with what's the doctor's real name? Oh, the name of the doctor is John Hurt. He's the new doctor for the movie. <laughs> it's like, you motherfucker. Oh. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... <laughs> The only thing I was kind of disappointed at after I got introduced to it was that I couldn't go back and watch the earliest stuff because I was just basically relegated to the TiVo. Well, the earlier stuff is more like Star Trek. It's okay. episodic. Oh, yeah. At most, you'll get a two, maybe three-parter. Mm. But that's all. That's it. The whole story is contained. Um, whereas in 2009, they had the arcing story throughout the season. Um, they kept going back in the 2009 when Ecclestein was, was nine. Uh, they kept going back to that one time and one place in time with the space station and everybody had the weird brain thing in their head where it just beam shit directly into your brain. Uh, that was the episode Simon Pegg showed up. So if you <laughs> haven't seen that episode, yeah, but they go back to it. And then in fact, bad wolf where, uh, Rose does something with the, the core of the TARDIS mm-hmm. and she ends like can reshape things uh, right before nine gets killed. Uh, it's on that space station. They go back to it a couple times. So, and, it, and they hit that cause it's that point where for some reason humanity is stuck and they're like 150 years behind where they should be. And the doctor can't figure out why. Like, he keeps trying to go and figure out what the hell's going on. He thinks he fixes it, and it keeps going back to the way it was. And something weird keeps happening. Um, but, yeah, that well, another big thing is Rose. Mm. You get this beautiful love story, not so much with Epplestein, but definitely with Tennant. You start this love story with him and Rose. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of keeps building and building and building until, like, Rose gets stuck in the, the alternate universe or whatever. And that was something that was really wild. Alternate universes usually happen at the end of a series when they're trying to figure out where to go. But when you're doing a series that deals with the past, present, and future all in one time, where do you go? You go to another fucking universe. Hmm. Uh, but Rose gets stuck in that alternate universe. Uh 
And then you only see her glimpses throughout the rest of it. And in fact, hell, I heard that they were talking about bringing Rose back to try to save 13. Huh. 13's run, because, I mean, 13's basically killing it. Well, I mean, from the sounds of it, it kind of sucks because they just need better writing. It sounds like. Like they could just deal with having... The showrunner, I don't know anything about the showrunner. I know he did that Broadchurch Oh, that was a good series. One. Yeah, David Tennant was in that one. Yeah. Um, so was Jody Whittaker. Oh, yeah. So uh, I know he did Broadchurch, and there was something else that he did. And my friend Travis was behind him doing it, but I haven't heard anything good about this series. Um, I know that the start of her second season introduced the Master again. And I think she's had a run-in with the Daleks and the Cybermen. Um, and that's something else. Every season has introduced a new villain, hmm. not previously seen before. So, like, uh, the first season had the big baby creatures <laughs> that yeah. farted all the time yep. because they had to compact themselves or whatever. And then the second, when Tenants run, what was Tenants? I know what they are. I don't know, because Tenet, they had the Andy pose, which was the fat, fat babies. Yeah. Like people take these pills and the fat just melts off and they can't believe how well it works. And it was basically like another race of creatures was using the fat of humans to create their babies. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it was kind of hilarious. It's funny, um, but it's just fucking weird, too. Uh, and then uh, with 11, you had the silence. That was amazing. Um, I can't remember what 12 had. I know 12 introduced something new. But yeah, like they pretty much just said to hell with everything. We're on 13. We're going to kind of just do whatever we want and not have yeah. anything to do with the past. And this is a show that delves heavily in the past. Yeah. So, well, like, I mean, it's past, present, and future. Like you. Yeah. You got you got it all in one show. So, like, I mean, they can even go past, present, future in one episode. Yeah. So. I mean. I don't know. Like I said, I've not seen any of Jody Whittaker's. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Just this is just what I mean, people have I, told me about it. I absolutely love the Daleks. I mean, in terms of a villain, they're great. Oh, yeah. Davros is, well, he's a piece of shit, but, you know, he's also very interesting. Like I'm trying to think of the, the potato guys. Oh. I can't remember what they're called. I know that the one that's his friend is Strax, but I can't remember what those are. What the 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 race of creatures are? I do know. Uh, did you ever see the the nine episode where it dealt with the kid with the mask and he was infecting people and they had the masks on and all the thing the kid could say was, "Are you my mummy?" I don't remember that one. Well, when they bring back the potato creatures, the potato aliens, I cannot think. Saltarans. <laughs> The Saltaran Empire. That fits really well. Um, when they bring them back, 
David Tennant, they're, they're attacking a unit base and David Tennant has one of those masks on and he looks at, I think it's, uh, I can't remember if it's Martha or Donna. I think it's Donna. When he's got Donna as a companion, he looks at, he's got the mask on. He goes, are you my mummy? <laughs> I just throw back to an earlier episode that I thought was hilarious. Um, he always borders that morality. Yeah. But he gets so stuck on his own morality doesn't seem that it's see that it's being skewed one way or another. Um, they played that up big when uh, the the silence or whatever kidnaps Amy Pond mm. uh, to take the baby, basically. Uh, you know, when they say that the the doctor, the word for warrior on certain planets is doctor because yeah. of the doctor. Um, and that was that whole when they're getting ready to go to battle. It, it just shows Rory going through as the Centaurian, and things are blowing up because the Doctor's trying to find Amy, and he's basically destroying the galaxy, looking for her, going through all of his villains and shit. <sighs> so I mean, uh, it's a like I said, I need to go back and rewatch it. I do too. I mean. I put Randy through 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I didn't, because I didn't know how she'd feel about the rest of it. Mm. But that's all I've watched. And then I was upset because Hulu didn't have any of the specials, didn't have any of the movies. So I didn't, I kind of stopped because you kind of missed big parts of the story with those. Like the doctor always changes on a special. Mm. Like it's always a special where the doctor regenerates, except for nine to 10. No, hell, even I think 10 didn't even show up because he regenerated to 10 and then slept through the whole Christmas special. And it wasn't until like the very end where he wakes up and he's the doctor. Because hmm. like throughout throughout the episode, he wakes up and does like weird things and then goes right back to sleep. <laughs> so but like they're in a tight spot. He wakes up, kind of stumbles through and stumbles into doing what they need to survive and then goes right back to sleep. And it's not until the very end of that Christmas special where he wakes up, he's got the suit, the coat, the tie, the the uh, converse, and he's the doctor. Um, he has a sword fight with the bad guy, loses his hand, still wins, gets his hand back. You find out later that uh, Jack Harkness finds his hand and has it in a jar. <laughs> 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 yeah, Jack Harkness in Torchwood finds his hand and has it. So when it's in the jar, yep. when he regenerates all the energy into the hand, he get, he got it back from Jack Harkness. And in fact, in the series, in Torchwood, the series, when that happens and they hook back up, hmm. Jack Harkness keeps the hand around because it'll alert him when the doctor's near and it starts to glow. And so he grabs the hand, throws it in a backpack and takes off running. And then the next time you see him... It's Doctor Who, and he's running into the scene like, like he just ran from Torchwood. So it was pretty fun to watch him come back for all of that. Uh, they've had a couple of spinoff series, too, because they had the, the Sarah Jane Chronicles or Adventures or something like that. But it was it's very much, if you look at that one, Sarah Jane is a kid's show. Oh, yeah. Doctor Who... Is more family oriented. Yeah. And Torchwood is the adult show. 
there's a lot of sex and drug use and stuff in a Torchwood, whereas I mean, it's very high campiness in Sarah Jane. And then you get a little <laughs> bit of both, but not too much one way or another with Doctor Who. Like even the episode where the Doctor had a daughter, he stuck his hand in something he probably shouldn't have, and it took a DNA sample and just cloned him yeah. and made a daughter. So, oh, is there... I know that Peter Jackson wants to direct an episode of Doctor Who like something awful. I'd give it to him. I would too. Like he's even said that he would do it for free. Okay, well that's all that needs to be said then. Right? Like, like just fuck it, I'm fine, do it. Let him let him have an episode. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say give him a two-parter. Why not? To let well, I mean honestly, if you give him that much rope, he's going to take 3 years and it's going to be eight hours long. Well, it's fun. Like, I, I feel bad for Peter Jackson because if it's kind of funny. If you do, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and you watch it for Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. he's so giddy and happy and excited to be doing it to the point where he's oh, yeah. even, like, crying, thanking Elijah Wood on their last day of filming. And then if you watch the stuff for The Hobbit, he's like, God, I don't want to do this. Right? Like, this... He didn't give a shit. He wanted Guillermo to do it. Yeah, the studio didn't want Guillermo to do it. Which is fucking dumb. Right. Well, see, and then we go back to that super fan thing. If we give it to Peter Jackson, he's already a super fan of Doctor Who. Yeah. I, he's probably going to do amazing things with it. I mean... You know, just an episode or two. Don't give him the series to run, because then we'll never see an end. But, yeah, well, you give him an episode or two. It's... It's another one of those things, like, what could really be the harm in giving it a whirl? Because I can guarantee you, whenever, the first time I heard about the Mandalorian, they're like, John Favreau is behind him, like, ah. Like, there was that part of me that's like, I mean, he has some good movies and stuff, but no. I don't know, I couldn't see him, like, when I found out about that, I was happy. Like, I, I get it, because he gave us the first two Iron Man movies, as far as direction goes, Zathura, you know, like, he, he has a good track record as far as directing and even writing, but mm. Star Wars was one of those things, like, does this motherfucker even know anything about Star Wars? And I'm like, okay, I'm well, sure he does. Yeah, well... I'm, I'm sure he does. Well, clearly he does. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so he gives us the Mandalorian. I found out he also did some voices for the Clone Wars. Yeah, I knew point. that. I knew he had done Clone Wars stuff. Um, and Hell was also in Solo. Was uh, it? He was that one four-armed alien. Gets killed real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the pilot. Right. And that's why Solo ended up being a pilot. Because he took over, he was able to pilot the thing. I mean, yeah, Uh, so obviously when you hand things off to super fans, it plays off really well. Right. I mean, Abrams with Force Awakens. Super fan. Yeah. Um, In fact, when when he did the Star Trek... All anybody could talk about was how much he wanted to do a Star Wars movie. Mm. And then I found out that he he had it, and I was like, oh, I bet he's giddy as fuck. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Peter Jackson doing an episode of Doctor Who. Why the fuck not? Right. Uh, give him an episode. Give him one of the specials. One of the movies. Like, uh, give well, him one where... And not only that, if, if Jodie Whittaker's Doctor run is struggling ratings-wise... Give him an episode or two. Pull yeah, the ratings because up. Because if everybody likes Jody, keep her, but revitalize the series around her. Fuck, right. Like, give her something to work with, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that's what I understand. Everybody loves her. It's just the episodes themselves suck. God. Uh, mm. 
But yeah, I heard that they're they're gonna do a special with uh, Eleven. Okay. Trying to boost them ratings. Yeah, why not? Uh, I think it's gonna be eleven and twelve, maybe even ten. I don't know. That seems like too many. <laughs> I, I mean, three doctors is good. You do any more than if, three? If you have eleven and ten on screen together again, then right, right, that's not too many in my opinion. But like, I don't know. You got to give. I don't know. Ten and eleven steal the show. Like, like, and they have, like you've seen the day of the doctor, oh, right? Yeah. Where they play off each other, they play off each other so well. They really do. Like and I love because they both kick their feet up like the same way, and it's just like holy hell! You can almost imagine these two people are the same person. Uh, I still love when when Eleven calls calls I mean, him uh, Granddad and Sand Shoes. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. Fuck, let's let some super fans have Doctor Who again, though. I right. Mean, we saw how well it worked. Russell Davies did a great job bringing the show back. We we saw how well it initially worked for Star Trek. Right, yeah. Uh, and Star Wars, initially. Uh, Russell Davies brought it back. I think he ran the first two hmm. seasons. And Stephen Moffat was already writing on it, and he took over as showrunner, and I think really brought the series into its own. No, yeah. I think Russell Davies did the first four. Hmm. I think right around the time Russell Davies left is when we switched over to 11. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then Moffat had it up until Jody, Fort, Jody Whitaker's run. Uh-huh. So he had 11 and 12. Uh, but you could tell by the time 12 come rolling around, Russell Davies, uh, Stephen Moffat was kind of running out I mean, of ideas. Yeah. I mean, he was well, the it person there for a minute because he did, he did Sherlock. Yeah. And those are amazing. They are. Um, they're even talking about doing another season of that, and the only thing I can think of is why. Leave it. They did a great job wrapping it up. In fact, I thought the last season was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, good. They were still good. Um, you know, when Mary dies, that was very tragic and heartbreaking, um, but especially when... Because I, I would... I'm sitting here thinking right now, like, they made such a big hubbub about having the first female doctor, which is great. Which I thought they did just to get ratings. Like, the way they did it, the they way might they have, went about it. Whenever, that's part of my problem with some of the stuff, is that you can tell that some of the, sometimes when they do an inclusionary thing like this, it, feels it is purely just to grab attention. Yeah, that's what and it felt like. Granted, you want your art to be seen, but... And I like the fact that diversity is happening because it needs to. Mm. It really does. Like, there's no reason why it should be, you know, some cisgendered white guy doing everything all the time. <laughs> it literally, the world does not look like that fucking catch up. You know, like, so it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But then you have something where they're trying too hard to, like, look woke. Yeah, like the woke culture stuff. Yeah, it feels like. Where it's basically just going, see, we did it too. And it's, yeah, but... Does it make sense to the story? Like, if but it, if sometimes if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if you do it and shit the bed with it, what did it serve? Right, yeah, you what know. purpose did it serve if, if you did that? You're um, taking an immensely talented actress like Jodie Whittaker and putting her in a bunch of shit. Yeah. And you can tell she's enjoying being the doctor. Yeah, and like, where, like you know, where does it fit at that point? Like, it right? just... 
I mean, it kind of harkens back to the the Ghostbusters thing. It just didn't have any heart, but all the women they put in it were fucking like top notch talent. Right. They, how they, do you how do you fuck it up? Writing the yeah, writing. I mean, um, yep. Trying like, to force something. It's like you said with the wonton joke, wonton soup joke. Four. There's like four separate occasions. Yeah, four different times she bitches about this soup. The wonton to soup ratio. Yeah, like, the, yeah. It's, it's just like I don't fucking care. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your soup. It's a dead joke. Yeah, um, I, you know. But yeah, it just it did feel when they announced it, it felt forced, and it didn't feel right. Well, that, if I remember correctly, is right at the dawn of woke culture. Well, I mean, inclusionary the, stuff. The most recent hard push for yeah. woke culture. It was and, like right after uh, what's her name, Arquette. Had the meltdown on the at the Oscars about women's rights and stuff. Oh, she gave a really lengthy speech about it. No, oh yeah, she had almost a like. I didn't hear it or see it. I just heard that she basically had a meltdown on the like. I you know I didn't see it either. I quit watching the Oscars a long time ago. Oh yeah, I haven't seen one of those. I I think it depends on who you talk to because I think I can remember the CNN articles just like Patricia Arquette's like you know, incredible speech at the Oscars and I didn't read it. So I don't know what it See, was. My, like. In my, like with, with my family, Fox news is God. Oh, so oh that's God. probably what I heard it off of. Um, I can't stand that shit. Uh, just because I don't like sucking Trump's dick, uh, all day, every day. Um, yeah, but, uh, I digress. <laughs> I don't want to get into a no, political no, no, thing, no. but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was so, right around that time. But, yeah, but I can imagine if you're hearing it from that source, like, they're going to have a new female doctor. No, right? yeah, like, it it, a, like, it just depends on the medium you hear it from as to, is this cool or is it, right? you know. I like mean, the, when Disney doesn't even want your shit, you, it's something bad. Yeah. You know, like, Disney had a chance to buy out Fox News and they were just like, ah, you keep your shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> we'll take, we'll the take TV. all of this. You keep this. I, we want The Simpsons, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. But you can you keep Fox News. Can hang on to that shit. You can hang on to your fair and balanced. Uh, we're gonna go this way later. Uh, yeah. No take backsies. <laughs> I I can't imagine. You know, you have to be pretty extreme for that to happen, especially right. with. But at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know. because I can remember hearing like a lot of. A lot of friends that I was talking to, uh, you know, at the time, even when they announced the new doctor is going to be a woman, they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, why not? Like, just give it a I shot. I didn't mind it, like, especially I, after you find out that Missy is master. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right. Missy. Doctor, female doctor. Cool. God, I mean, shit, was... there's only been, you know, 12 yeah. men. Why not? Um, but like I said, it felt very forced. Like hmm. they were trying to force it on us. Um, and then to a certain degree, I guess that has to happen because, well, fuck, you know, just, I mean, just look at the entertainment landscape and tell me how often any kind of change has happened on there that hasn't been forced. It's like yeah. entertainment trends by themselves. You kind yeah, of have true. to shove it down somebody's throat before it takes, you know, hold a different way. Yeah. Which, yeah. I can see that. Speaking of, I kind of thought. Was it, was it James Cameron who even came out against Marvel movies not that long ago? It was just like Scorsese. I know Scorsese. I thought Cameron had a little bit of a beef with him too. 
and just he might have, about, which actually I don't understand why about them he being, tried to do Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm like about them being spectacle only, you know, kind of things. I know Scorsese said that, but I thought James Cameron was kind of like, yeah, he's not wrong. I, and I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck was Avatar then? <laughs> right, no shit. All spectacle, no substance. And in fact, I, I saw things about Avatar 2 where it's all underwater. I was like, oh, God. All I could think of was under the sea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. I keep clearing my sinuses. I, I didn't take my sinus pills, my allergy pills this morning. So you'll probably hear a lot of <laughs> sounds. Uh what else can we say about the dog? What was a favorite episode? Let's do a favorite episode. I mean, I'm still a pretty huge fan of the uh, the day of the doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat that 50th anniversary. Um, if I had to pick an episode that wasn't one of the specials, because hmm. uh, Day of the Doctor is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's probably one of the greatest things they've ever done. Um, all of the doctors at the end of it save Gallifrey. Even at the the unnamed twelve at the time shows up. You just see his eyes and his eyebrows. Yep. And you don't know it's Capaldi at that time because they hadn't even made the announcement. But uh, it was the first time Capaldi shows up as as twelve. Um, but hearing him, Doctor here, I'm the Doctor, and it was they're on the planet and they're like, it's the Doctor. Yes, I know that. No, they're all the Doctor. All thirteen are here, and it shows all of them, and I'm just like. <sighs> That was amazing. But if I had to go back and say a favorite episode, I'd have to say the Van Gogh episode. I need to, I need to go back and watch that one. The Van Gogh was amazing. It's one of my favorites. Um, and before that, uh, the library episodes with mm-hmm. Donna and Tim, uh, where you first meet River Song. Those are amazing because uh, it's a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Silence. I think it's the Silence at the Library and something else. I can't remember that one after that because it was a two-part episode. Um, huh, it just gave me a fucking... My phone just gave me a, a thing that's saying, hey, don't forget about the podcast. Nice. <laughs> Doctor Who. Wait, go back. Margot Robbie. <laughs> oh, yeah, cause I forgot who said Margot Robbie. I'm like, what, she isn't Doctor Who? I'm like, no, she wasn't, but we were talking about Birds of Prey earlier, so... Yeah. Which, by the way, if you guys say anybody listening has not seen that movie, please watch it. Like, it definitely has its flaws, but it's fun. Yes, it does. Uh, I mean, the only way, in my opinion, they could have made it better was just to have Poison Ivy in it, but we'll probably get right. that in a sequel if they oh, do there it, is. So It is Silence in the Library, and the second one is The Forest of the Dead. Okay. Um, yeah, we first meet River Song, who where we get the whole word spoilers like that becomes a thing. Alex Kingston. Yep. You know, what's really funny about the silence of the library. Uh, she's an arrow. Alex Kingston who plays river song. She's somebody's mother. He's an arrow in the first <laughs> couple of seasons as Ollie's stepdad. Okay. Um, a lot of people from the Doctor Who universe show up in Arrow, in in the Arrowverse, because even uh, John Barrowman is Malcolm Merlin in the Arrowverse. Uh, it was it's kind of uncanny. Yeah, which bringing that up in crossover, uh, I have to ask the question: 
Mark Shepard, does he ever appear in Doctor Who at any time? Yes, yes, he does. Of course. He uh he is in eleven. Uh it, it deals with the silence. I mean, I he was in the first season of the X Files because I've been rewatching that here lately. Like I as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh my god. The impossible astronaut. There we go. He's in the Arrowverse. Wow. Uh, Rip Hunter, okay. uh, author of all, Mark Shepard. He's in two episodes, this one and the one after it. Seriously. And there it's one of the most important episodes, episode series, because it deals with the silence. I mean, Mark fucking Shepard, that guy. Is in everything. Yep. Everything. Romo Lampkin. Everything you've ever loved as a nerd will have Mark Shepard in Crowley, we need to do a supernatural season. Say season. Yeah. Episode. We need to do a supernatural, especially because it's ending. Yeah, actually, RBG would be the perfect person to talk to for that. I'm actually running through it because fact, of work. If we can get if we can get his wife to show up too, she's die oh, would hard. she uh, would she fangirl out? Oh god, yeah. She she, she would school like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, she, I know fangirl, like girls really love this season series, but <laughs> I'm a fan of it too. Like I've been watching it from the first season. So I did take a break because it's very formaic or whatever. Oh, yeah, formulaic. Yeah. Formulaic. Uh, and it, it got, especially because about that time that I got tired of it, when I saw the formula was when I was in design and production classes and stuff. Huh. We're talking about formulas and how to do a script and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, every season is the same thing. <laughs> At the beginning of the season, the brothers aren't happy with each other and they've got to find each other and come back together. And by the end of the season, one of the brothers does something to piss the other brother off and they split up at the end. It was like that for seasons. It was going on like that. And I was just like, oh, I can't deal with it anymore. You know what brought me back? What? The Scooby-Doo episode. (laughs) I told that to Genesis and she was like, what? There's a Scooby-Doo episode? Yeah, kid. There's a Scooby-Doo episode. Scooby-Doo is, like, fucking universal. Like, we need to do that, too. We could. Scooby-Doo has... Watch Scoob and then talk about it. Scoob has quite literally worked with everyone from Batman to the Harlem fucking Globetrotters. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought about this, doing episodes, like, where we watch, like, a weird movie and com- do commentary on it as we play it. Like, uh, Predestination. Could, oh, God. And do some of the really weird, bizarre ones. I mean, predestination from what you've told me plays like that Ray Stevens song on my own grandpa. Pretty like, much, it's, like this is uh, this, this. I'm my own parents. Um, fucking weird. It is. Have you not seen it yet? No, we I gotta need to watch, watch it. it. We gotta get RBG over here, and we just all three of us watch it and just comment on it the whole time. It's so bizarre. I there's definitely. It's got a seven point six on IMDb. Okay. There's. Yeah. I mean that's pretty. That's good enough to sit through, right? I mean, I. It's interesting. I have watched some. COVID has done so oh, many things to oh. my sense of entertainment. I, I don't think I've ever sat over the course of months and counted how many times I've gone. Eh, fuck it. Why not? Right. Like when it when it comes to a when it comes to watching a movie, like I watched a, a the Velocipaster. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Is that amazing? It's, is it amazing in a horrible way? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, no, thank God. I've got to watch it. 
There, like, there was, I saw a meme, the perfect movie doesn't exist, the Velocipaster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, oh, I saw this great uh, Japanese movie, though, um, and I, there was no subtitles, and I swear if I, there would have been, it would have ruined it for me. It's called One Cut of the Dead. Like, huh. it is one of the greatest things I have ever seen. Not in, like, in, not, not subbed, huh? N- yeah. It, it's was it funny. Dug? No. No, no, so it was all in Japanese? Yeah, all in Japanese. I had no fucking idea what was going on, (laughs) which actually made the movie perfect. Like, I think, because I'm almost wondering what the dialogue would have done for it. Right. Because the movie starts off, like, let's just put it this way, by the time you get halfway through the movie, you're just like, no, seriously, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) And then everything starts to make sense through the last half, because it's... Like, done in reverse, essentially. Kind of like Memento. Yeah, I guess. Kind of. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. If you can find it somewhere. What's it called? One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead. I'll have to look at it. I don't care how you guys find it. Just find it. It is worth watching. Like. I don't know. I feel like maybe we should do an episode where we watch a movie and just rag on it. Oh, yeah. Like a mystery science theater. Yeah, kind of like. Because. Oh, I could easily. Well, I mean, even in this day and age where Mystery Science Theater is gone again. I know. So, uh, and in fact, those guys do a podcast where they pretty much do the same fucking thing. Yeah. They watch a movie and rag on it the whole time. I can't tell you how many different riff tracks things I've downloaded over time. (laughs) Um, It's a movie signs with the Mads. I can can definitely tell you one movie series I'd like to rag on, even though I kind of, it's like a guilty pleasure. Uh, Resident Evil. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's one of those where it's just, it's so horrible, it's good. Yep. Um, kind of like the Evil Dead movies. Yeah. Because the original Evil Dead was supposed to be a serious horror movie, and it was so slapsticky that they couldn't help it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just came off as funny. Fucking just lean into it sometimes. Right? Just and they like, did. They leaned hard into it, and hell, it's still a fan thing today. I mean... Um, we're way off topic. Oh, extremely <laughs> off topic, but... I don't think we've been on topic for at least 15 minutes. Oh, easy. Um... Kind of ran it, hey, because Doctor Who, there's a lot of love for the series, but right. at the same time... We've got one of the only Doctor Who stores in the nation in Indy. Really? Yep. I need to... I've never been. Yeah, we need to go. Uh, hell, we may maybe just make it a day thing. Yeah. We'd have to take Genesis. Oh, God, yeah. She'd have to go. No, there's no way to get around that. Um... She's still a tenant fan, or is she more Matt Smith? She's a bigger tenant. I thought so. She's yeah. still a bigger tenant. Uh, I love, like I said, I love tenant. Um, it's just some of the things they did with Matt Smith's run, I loved. Yeah. When the silence, the because I can remember every time we would see like Doctor Who stuff, she'd be like looking through like pictures if anybody hand drawn stuff, and always be like, "Nope, no tenant. Like, let's move on. <laughs> like, no ten. Um, I do think it was funny because David Tennant was very much involved in Doctor Who mm-hmm. when he showed up in. Um, uh, so, I kind of think that what uh, was that fucking the Wizard, the Goblet of Fire? God, why yeah. that? Why was that oh, yeah, so hard to remember? Barty Crouch, Jr. yeah. Um, which was funny because I saw a meme and it said, "It's funny how this man shows up in the Harry Potter world and it was Tennant, yeah. and suddenly everything's bigger on the inside." <laughs> <laughs> That is perfect. Because <laughs> he did. He yeah. shows up in the very beginning, and then they go into the tent that's almost like a fucking cottage yep. when they get in there. Even where that chest he's keeping Mad-Eye Moody in is yep, like... It's bigger on the inside. Yep. Everything's bigger on the inside. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. 
Even as a bad guy, he's still the fucking doctor. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> Uh, he was one of the greatest villains in Marvel history. Kill, oh, uh, Killgrave was... He was fucking... He, like, the, like, even when he was trying to be good, he was still evil. Yeah. Like, like... He just... He had no concept of how to... Well, honestly, he kind of explains that, and he almost wins you over. I know. He was like, how am I supposed to know what anybody feels when I say something, they do it? He's like, I don't even control it. Yeah. He's like, open the door. And they have to open the door. He's like, how am I supposed to know? And I was like, fuck, how would you? Yeah. Um, I mean, that... (laughs) I can remember a friend of mine years ago saying, like, if he could only have one superpower, it would be... To be David Tennant? (laughs) No, it it was something kind of like Kilgrave, though. Oh, yeah. Just like... It, and he just goes, but I only, it, I'd have to have the power of suggestion, but they only have to obey two commands. That's it. I just have to have the power to every time I say either stop that or shut the fuck up. <laughs> that they have to uh, stop, you know, that they have to obey and be like, I can't think of a single situation where that wouldn't apply. Well, in Jessica Jones, he goes to that, Pete knocks on that door and he like, can I help you? He goes, you want to invite me in? And the guy's like, absolutely. Yeah. And he comes in and, you know. He kind of, you know, makes the kids go into the closet and piss and shit themselves in the closet and all that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that would go to my head. Yeah. You know, if they, anybody had to do exactly what I told them to do, of course that would go to my head. Uh, Go get me a pizza. Yeah. I mean, a superhero who could do those two phrases, though, would be unstoppable, though. (laughs) He'd just be like, hey, the Joker's about ready to release this Joker talks all over city. You better stop that. You better stop that. You Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think you got a good point there. Shut up. Like <laughs> Win every debate. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. I think this bill is just a whole bunch of... Shut, Shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> All right, then. I yield my time. But, I mean, David Tennant, I mean, he's he's proven himself. Matt Smith's tried to, to branch out. Um, I know he's doing that thing about Queen Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, the crown. Yeah, yeah, where he's... Um, I don't know if they're in that anymore because I think they, they skip ahead in time throughout the seasons to cover more of the individual aspects of the reign. Huh. And I don't know if, because I think Claire Foy's done and he was with her. He's in something, I want to say Marvel Ooh. coming up. I think you're right, actually. And but I don't know not... what it is. I know he was in one of the Terminators. Okay, maybe let's um, let's IMDb this right, because it's exactly. gonna bother me if we don't. Because I knew I mean one Matt Smith used to be a Morbius. professional. That's it, Morbius. Matt Smith used to be a professional soccer player. He, he has the look. He broke his ankle and can't play professionally anymore. Became a fucking actor, kind of like Vinnie Jones, except yeah. Vinnie Jones is didn't break anything of his own. I think he broke something of other people's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you find out that the reason why they had him in the Euro trip do the beer bottle eye, like, yeah, he can actually fucking do yes, that. And that's, yes, can. that's when you know, he's just like, oh, that's a he guy I don't want to run into. the epitome of a soccer hooligan. Oh, yeah. He is the epitome of a soccer hooligan. In fact, he showed up in uh, elementary mm-hmm. and he's watching soccer and when Sherlock gets to him, Johnny Lee Miller, Sherlock gets to him, he's like, of course you're an Arsenal fan. And yeah. I guess it's like, you know, football, American football over here. Football over there is huge, you know, and they have huge rivalries. 
He's like, of course you're an Arsenal fan. So, um, ah! like, oh. Woo! I just spilled monster in my crotch. Yeah. <laughs> I say I'll go grab a paper towel for you there. Uh, I'll grab it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Go so uh, they should be in the kitchen there. Maybe. Okay, yep. It's all right, my stepdaughter's going to laugh at me because it looks like I peed myself. (laughs) So I was just looking at the Morbius cast. Yeah, isn't that an amazing cast? The third one listed on IMDb right now, J.K. Simmons. Yes, yes. Because if we get some more J. Jonah Jameson, because please God give us more J. Jonah Jameson. I love J.K. Simmons. I love his J. Jonah Jameson. He Um, was absolutely perfect. Uh, the fact they keep casting him as J. Jonah Jameson makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Because he's J. Jonah in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. But do you know how bad I want them to do, like, a live-action Spider-Verse thing now? And it's just... Oh, I know. Except a lot of different Jamesons get drug over, and they're just all him. <laughs> I know. That, that would be, be so great. Because he's bald in the current yeah. in the current rendition. I mean, you get the rhymey one back in there with that stupid flat top he's rocking. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken in print is libel. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest line. Um, let's see. Peter Capaldi already had a storied career. Um, he's been in all kinds of stuff. I thought it was funny right before he became the new Doctor Who. Oh. He was a doctor okay. for the World Health Organization uh-huh. in uh, Z- Z- World War Z. Which I thought was great because he was Doctor Who. <laughs> God, very nice, <laughs> right? Like it was, it was punny, but I mean, fuck, it worked. So Matt Smith will be Hunger in Ooh. Morbius, nice Loxius Crown. So I'm in, right? I mean, oh, let me see. About the only part. Are you on his IMDb year? Uh, I just got off of it. I think. Let Hold me on, jump let me on see. it. Um, yeah, I'm, or I'm actually on the Morbius IMDb page right here. But I don't know what to think, partly, about Morbius, because, I mean, it has a hell of a cast, and Jared Leto is a good actor, but it's like after the Joker thing, like, finding out what kind of dickhead he was acting like on set, even. You know, sending used condoms to people and stuff, like, his, you know, his dumbass did... I was Jer- looking this up, and Jared Leto, I, all I heard uh, was used condoms. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, like, I was, I like Jared Leto as an actor. Right. But his actions during Suicide Squad of, like, getting into character as a Joker, like, sending used condoms to his co-stars, uh, <laughs> which is... That makes me like him a little more, actually. <laughs> Playing practical jokes and shit. Well, I don't even know if that's, like... Good, like he would send dead rats to people. That one's kind of funny. Don't get me wrong. The dead rat thing is okay. A used condom. There's, I got a big problem with that one, um, because that's like, honestly, that's something the Joker would do, though. I don't know. I feel like his jokes are better. Yeah. Well, okay, I shouldn't say they're better. They're definitely a lot more murdery, but at least you <laughs> they're know. they're more murdery. Um, like, but it, I feel like he would send the used condoms, but there'd be something other than spunk in there. Like, yeah, see, and that's the thing. I I don't know any more than just the whole used condom bit because I don't know 
I hope to God there wasn't spunk in him because that's like borderline like sex crime. Right. It's like that seems pretty. That's a huge fucking. Gross. That's a huge but fucking like, problem. If you ripped up a bunch of condoms and put like pudding or something in them, that's hilarious. Because um, what was it? Viola Davis. She never got anything from him. I guess because he never really interacts with her in the movie. No, he really, they really don't. And she's like, and there's probably a good reason why even if he wanted to, he wouldn't. My husband would fucking kill him. <laughs> Who's like, Viola Davis's husband? Apparently he is a, he's a big dude from what I understand. Like he used to be a pretty stout football player back in the day. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you know, the kind of guy that you'd think twice before fucking with. Right. Um. So, Yeah. Mm. I mean, dead rats, that kind of stuff. Like, there's going method, and then there's just being a fucking douche. And that that's when he just stepped over the line and went full douche. Julius Tennant. Holy shit. He looks huge. Yeah. And then, uh, dear God, um, what else was there? No, because I'm thinking of other method actors in the past. Like, Winona Ryder said she'll never work with Gary Oldman again because of how fucking method he goes. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's another one of those where it's like, I would love to work with Gary Oldman. And by working with, like, I don't care if I'm his fucking driver. Like, Viola Davis's husband fucking produced Days and Confused. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And Small Soldiers. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Faster. Uh, that was cool. really a good movie. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> just, I'm just going to go full Jake Peralta. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, right? Cool, exactly. Cool. Like cool. Uh, we need to do an episode on that. Oh, um, God, yeah. Hell, I just realized that Captain Holt is in Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yep, he's the military guy. He's the military yeah. douchebag. Um, I was just like, oh, my God, it's Captain Holt. Hmm. Oh, my God, it's a serious Captain Holt. Oh, and he's dead. <laughs> right. Um, I, could, I could do an entire episode on just Doctor Doom from those movies, oh, though. Oh, yes. Because the one thing I feel like they did right in those movies was him. Oh, yeah. Doctor. Well, except for the pretty boy exterior. Yeah. I didn't like how he didn't wear his mask all the time. Yeah. And even when he was supposedly had to have it on, he, they still found a way to show his face. I mean, that guy is pretty. Like, he's a, he, I think he used to be like an underwear model. Might have been. I know uh, he was on that show Nip Tuck. Yeah. Yeah, which saying. all about out, outward beauty. Right. And corrupt doctors. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, shit. We got way off track again. I know. Well, I mean, what is there left to say about Doctor Who, especially since you and I haven't seen, I haven't seen the last three seasons. You haven't seen since... The end of Capaldi. The end of Capaldi. So you've seen, you haven't seen Whitaker stuff. No, no, I haven't. I need to catch up. And even at that, like, I saw the first parts of Capaldi's, not... And the very end of it. I didn't see the didn't middle see, of Capaldi. I saw the first two seasons with Clara. <clears throat> Was it two? And yes, it was because the, the special she was supposed to leave during the Nick Frost Christmas special, and they totally totally changed her mind. Yeah, and rewrote the end. You could tell where where they rewrote the end. Uh, and she I comes to, back. Uh, yeah, I I do need to catch up. I mean, Doctor Who gave us the camp, the fun that right. comes the fun that can come with it here's like, one something that we we didn't even talk about Neil Gaiman wrote two episodes of Doctor Who which ones the Doctor's Wife okay that's where the, okay. the TARDIS turns in they put the, the soul of the TARDIS into a person huh. and they bicker back and forth like they're married it's hilarious and then um, something in silver 
and it deals with Clara and her wards, the two kids that she nannies. They go to a planet. Warwick Davis is in that episode. Oh, very nice. Okay, God. Um, and it deals with the Cybermen. At this point, like, what British actress or actor Not hasn't been in, in it? Exactly. It's thinking, easier to name the ones that haven't than it is to I name say, the I'm ones thinking, that have I'm thinking Helena Bonham Carter is about the only one I can think of. Yeah, but that's, just about. That's because Tim Burton actually, never directed an episode. In The Doctor's Wife, Yeah, Helena Bonham, that was definitely Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, it like, was? The, the way they wrote the character and the way that woman oh, acted yeah. it, it was would have been Helena Bonham Carter easily. That's kind of funny. Um it, 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 is, it is easier. I don't even know why it took that unnecessary shot at the fact that she hasn't been in it because Tim Burton ever directed an episode. She's pretty goddamn awesome. Actually. Right. And I know her and Tim Burton split up. Yeah. She's uh, actually, I mean, she's been an actress well around three decades now. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember seeing, like, some, I actually just saw still from one of her first things she did, and she looks like she's all of a teenager. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, because, I mean... Wasn't she a dancer? Wait, she was in that Mel Gibson Hamlet movie back in oh, the shit, 90s. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was Ophelia. Yeah. Which, yeah, unfortunate ending for that. Right. Um, I mean, no. It's Mel Gibson. Obviously, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know how the play goes. You know, right. They, you know. We know what happens. Right. Um, but, I mean, yeah. hell, I think Patrick Stewart has done Hamlet. Patrick Stewart should just do Every well, I'm pretty sure he has at this point. Done well, I mean, he got his start doing Shakespearean plays. Oh yeah. So, and that's why he's been doing the sonnets during the quarantine, oh, which has been perfect. Oh god, yeah. He skips the ones he doesn't like, which is hilarious because he mm-hmm. goes a little blurb. I don't like this one, so we're not doing it. Okay, you're Patrick Stewart. I don't give a fuck. Eat a bagel. I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun because I've been kind of, like I said, my just because of work and the nature of my work. There's a lot of TV on and marathons are key. And there's either it's either Supernatural or Star Trek, I, like the next generation. So it's super fun watching like Patrick Stewart back in the like late eighties. I've I've been marathoning <laughs> really shitty B movies. Like hey, there I, wrong with that. I was about ready to go whole hog the other day and just get going rubber. Oh rubber tire. It's yeah. so great. You're gonna love it. Uh, I've only seen it like the one time, and I pretty much I, I think I was half drunk and laughed at the whole thing. But uh, it's pretty amazing. All of the f- the fun in the Grindhouse movies, the Planet Terror and oh. Death Proof, all of the fake trailers that they did, they've actually made all of them into movies. That's perfect. Machete, Rubber. Uh, what was Wait, the other one? Thanksgiving. Yes. Don't. Uh, yes, they did all of them. Werewolf Women of the SS. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Because if Nicholas Cage, well, actually, Nicholas Cage's Fu Manchu and that was the funniest fucking part of that whole. <laughs> I don't, I don't think and Cage is in that. The sad part was, if you take a look at Hollywood's track record, it makes perfect sense why they'd cast a white dude as a you know Fu Manchu. Oh yeah, I mean, look at uh, what was it? Uh, I mean, Mickey, Ro- Mickey, Rooney, Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at yeah. Tiffany's. Yeah, Mickey Rooney. Uh, God damn, that was watching that. I actually did watch that not that long ago. Yeah. It's, it's just fucking painful. Oh, yeah. It really it's, is. It's totally painful. It's like one of those, like, you really, sh- like, you think audiences would have been that turned off by an Asian American in a movie? No. No. It's no, just they Hollywood. Have. You had yeah. to either be Italian, Jewish, or white. Yeah. yeah. Blonde hair, blue eye. That's what you had to be. Uh, Marlon Brando. Uh, oh, God, Brando. Uh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Uh, look at them. I mean, they're all... 
Well, until you get to the Duke. Uh, it's blonde hair, blue eye. Blonde hair, blue eye. Blonde hair, blue eye. And in fact, if you were going to be cast as a bad guy back then, I didn't even know this. They'd make you wear glass contacts to color your eyes so they weren't blue. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's bad. Um, it makes me think of one of my favorite Slipknot lines. You can't see California without Marlon Brando's eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes that. sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You'd have to be basically Marlon Brando to, to make it. Um or, you know, Harvey Weinstein. Ugh. God, that <laughs> fucking pig monster. Jesus. I can't. He is not. I mean, I borrowed that term from Rose McGowan. She's She nailed it dead on, though. Oh, this yeah. horrible fucking pig monster. I. Mina Savari, he tanked her career because she wouldn't fucking. Oh, wow. Yep. That's what happened because mm-hmm. American Beauty, like, should have launched her career. And then uh, she just did the that last psych movie. Yeah. That's the first thing she'd been in it forever. Yeah, I haven't looked. Like, I think, didn't she play Aerith in Final Fantasy Advent Children? I think so. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that. Which, God. I think so. There's an episode we need to do again is Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know. I need to figure out what the hell's going on with my PlayStation. I'm thinking I need to just blow it out. Like, get it oh, cleaned get it, out like, real yeah, good. get some duster. And get some dusters and stuff and clean it out real good. Uh and then, because we need to get on that, because I did beat Breath of the Wild. Oh. Uh, Why don't we just do a Zelda episode at one point? Might as well. I mean, I've got Breath of the... I've got the latest one down. And the only one I haven't played and is... And we've only uh, got about 40 different ones to choose from. Right. The only about. one I have not played is Twilight Princess. Yeah. That's the only one I haven't I've played. I've even played some of those shitty CDI ones. I ha- Oh, I haven't played those. I don't Please. ever count those. Just don't. They should. <laughs> like, I... I don't know. There... I think we, we had this discussion before. There are some things that, like, if you watch a movie that's so bad that you walk out of your own house, that's, <laughs> those games are so fucking bad that you will just, like, I could have taken that CD I played it on and just, like, dumped it in the trash right then and oh, there. Oh, right, like. Or just, like, poured gasoline in the living room and just lit the match and walked out. Like, this is how bad it was. Right. Uh, but I don't know, because I, I don't know. I feel like. Neither of us watched anything Doctor Who for this. And, like, we kept having to postpone and postpone. I know. So I've kind of just run out of Doctor Who stuff. I started, like, reading reading up on as much as I could, wikis and everything, and then eventually, like, well, I just had to get... <laughs> like uh, I said, I put Randy through 11. <laughs> 11's run, but when I found out they didn't have any of the specials, I was just like, ah, because it was going to culminate in the Day of the Doctor. And it just didn't, they didn't have it, so I was like, Fuck. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, that was pretty much the culmination of, like, everything great about Doctor Who. 10 and 11 well, I and think, John Hurt. I think that's the funny thing is, like, 10 and 11 kind of encapsulates the series as a whole because it brought in everything everybody really liked. Like, right? each one of the Doctors has their own distinct, unique personality. Yes. Which is amazing because how do you have the same character who has that many different, you know... But yet, there's enough of them that carries over right. to keep it the same feel. They keep feel. their memories. Yeah. Like, it, there's just, you get that same feel where it's just like, yeah, he's still the same guy. He just looks different, you know? Like, there's a whole part where uh, Eleven, something happens to Eleven, and he manages to crawl into the TARDIS. He's not mortally wounded, but he's hurt pretty bad. And he's like, uh, I need you to show me 
somebody, anybody to talk to me. Mm. And it's a Rose. He's like, no, not Rose. Not her, because he's failed her. He feels mm. like he's failed her. So it shows Martha. Not Martha, Donna. He really failed Donna. Mm. Um, and it goes down through them, and then it finally gets to Amelia Pond, the girl, the yeah. little girl. And how when they met, he didn't fuck up her life. He feels like he fucked up everybody else's life. Uh. And it shows Amelia. He's like, somebody I haven't ruined, and it's Amelia. Mm. There she is. And it kind of gives you that hope. You know, but he does remember all of the companions and everybody. Yeah. He even makes references. He's like, uh, I can't remember who it was. He, somebody says something. And he's like, yeah, it once took me uh, three years to get a woman to the airport on time. <laughs> um, and it was one of the yeah. one of the uh, old companions from the series before was a, a flight attendant from Australia who he kind of snatched on accident. Yeah. And it took him three seasons to get her back to the airport. So, like, uh, it just, I love how it, it kind of calls back on itself mm. at the same time as it being a new, its own personal new thing. Yeah. So, like, it, it does throwbacks and callbacks all the time, but you kind of have to know a little bit about the series to, to catch them. Um, the, I mean, yeah, like, it, so they carry over all of that personality, which is, as we've already gone over, like 60 years worth oh, yeah. of personality. Coming up on 60 years. Like, you can't, like, how do you do that? Right? Like, how do you keep all that continuity? How do you... And I think they've, they've even addressed the fact that they've stepped all over their own continuity. Oh, yeah. Like, but I guess that's the glorious thing about having a time-traveling character, though. Exactly. Is you can step all over however much you want of that continuity and still have it come out right in the end. Well, they always say that the doc, you can't go back on your own timeline and the doctor has visited himself so many times. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I think 10 and five have interacted. 10 and 11 have interacted. Uh, 10, 11 and 12 have interacted. Um, they've all interacted. Uh, uh, 12 and one have interacted. It, like they all like there was an, a movie from back in the day, it was, uh, I think the first one was the three doctors. Uh-huh. And then the next one was like the five doctors. <laughs> and like, so they, they've all just hopped on each other's timeline so many times. And uh, so, I mean, they call back and like, oh yeah, you can't do this, but we're going to do this. Because <laughs> even in the day of the doctor, once they fix everything, hmm. they don't remember it. Yeah. Um, and in fact, at the very end, the war doctor jumps in his TARDIS and as soon as he leaves, starts to change into nine. He goes, yep, starting to, uh, that figures, started to feel like I was wearing thin. Yeah. And he starts to change. Um, I do love, like, when the war doctor meets 10 and 11. He's like, you are the doctor. You guys are children. What's wrong with being a grown-up? <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we get, exactly what we get for 12. He's a, an old man. Yeah. Um, and he's so grumpy, he can't... Like, they actually had to have, do a whole episode where he's trying to figure out why he's so goddamn grumpy. <laughs> Even the doctor doesn't understand why he's so grumpy. Um, but they talk back to when Capaldi was just in an episode hmm. and why he chose that face. Like, there was a reason yeah. his regeneration chose that face is... Because you don't have to save everybody, just save somebody. Because that was the whole point of when Capaldi was in it. 
It was in Pompeii. Oh, um, God. And, you know, the doctor told, I can't remember if it was Rose or Donna. It was Donna. The doctor told Donna, everybody in Pompeii dies. And Donna's like pleading with him. You don't have to save everybody. Just save somebody. And he goes back and gets Peter Capaldi's family and takes them to Rome. Hmm. So, uh, but he left Kit Harrington there. God damn it. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Let's call back to that Paul W.S. Anderson movie. Right. Uh, or, uh, Paul. Fuck. Yeah, Paul. no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Anderson. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was the whole point of the episode was, you know, you don't have to save everybody, just save somebody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was supposed to be more deep. Mm. And it was about the time you could tell Stephen Moffat was getting that fatigue. Yeah. And he was just kind of getting running out of ideas. It's kind of like when uh, Jeff Johns did Green Arrow or Green Lantern. You could tell by the time he was done with it, he was starting to get fatigued with it. Mm. And needed to move on to something else. Yeah. So, uh, and from what I understand, I can't wait for his, because they've just announced that he's once COVID is freed up, I guess. Yeah. They're going to start releasing his three Jokers run. Oh, that'd be nice. Right? I can't wait for that. Um, <clears throat> uh, so. But yeah, uh, I don't know. With this new guy, like I said, I need to watch the Jody Whittaker stuff. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I I really need to. <laughs> I um, need to, you know, kind of make I mean, my own decision about it. Even, yeah, I do too. But if usually Doctor Who fans are pretty reliable because they seem to agree on a lot of, well, see who told, at least more recently. The girl that told me about this, um, she's a trans woman. Hmm. I can't. I don't know what her her male name was, hmm. but she picked her name, and she picked the name River. Oh, nice. Her name is River. Um, I see her at Comic Con every time I go, huh. um, and I'm like, she's tall as fuck. I'm like, <laughs> River, what's going on? Um, She's the one that kind of introduced me to Spider Gwen. Okay. And, uh, I say she's the she, one that was talking about Jodie Whittaker. As I the say doctor. She, she's a good woman. Then got to keep her around. No and shit. Introduce us to some more. I don't even know if she's still in Bloomington. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she might not be. Uh, she was cool people. I liked her. I liked hanging out with her. And say she's got some nerd knowledge. You could have her guest on this at least once. No shit. Uh, and like I said, I run into her Comic Con every year. Yeah. Um, except this year. Uh, <sighs> But yeah, she was the one that was telling me she was real excited about uh, Jodie Whittaker and and was telling me about her runs and stuff. Um, anytime I go to any kind of nerd, anything, and Doctor Who is brought up, uh, they usually tell me something. You know, like this was it last year at Comic Con is when some woman I was looking through Doctor Who stuff and this woman behind the desk and I don't even know if she worked there. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if she's part of that kiosk or not. She just started telling me all about Jodie Whittaker's run huh. <laughs> and how it was disappointing and how she's great, but the writing and the episodes suck. Um, how they needed this. So much. I think they've got four or five companions, which is the most that the yeah. doctors ever had um, at I, one time, at least for a whole season. Which, um, I say, speaking of writing... How I've ragged on writers. Oh yeah. On like that, like I could fucking do better, right? Like right. I, don't, I don't know. I wish I could. I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day and how to describe us because 
I've always made jokes about Stephen King on here, but I realize that dude has such an incredible career. Oh yeah, like even his worst, his library, of even books his that he's worst written. is better than like ninety percent of everyone else's shit. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking because uh, our our Facebook page is missing a description. Oh yeah, and I keep trying to like I keep trying to tackle a description, uh-huh. and I'm like, why the hell would anybody listen to us? And I got to thinking, I was like, well, you have journalistic background. Mm. RBG was actually an extra in a lot of shit. Yeah. And I went to the design. I was going to be going to school for design and production, mm. which is the precursor to film. So that gives us some kind of cred. Yeah. I mean, I, that I did the, huge nerds. I, I was a minor in telecom, but major in communication and yeah. culture. So there's a lot of like writing and stuff as part of that. But yeah, like, yeah. Really, that's essentially where we get all amateurs, but at least we have some kind of knowledge about this shit. Um, Yeah, but you know, we're not like you said. Our best isn't isn't up to Stephen King's worst. Yeah. However, I will say this though: I stand by Simon Kinberg to a certain degree because while he did give us Days of Future Past, I realized on watching that he wrote X Three and Dark Phoenix. He didn't bother to change jack shit. Oh, I know. Between it's both those so, movies. Uh, just, I want to just brain him. Rehash. Oh, need to stuff him in a cannon and shoot him. Not like at a brick wall, just shoot him out at something. Something that won't kill him. Yeah, something where he could land like on Like in a like, ball pit or something, you know? Give him like the Richie Rich treatment, fling him out of a catapult, have him land on a big pad somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, you know uh, why? Anyway, so, I don't know. I feel like we should probably just wrap up Doctor Who. I've kind of run out of stuff to talk about until I watch Jodie Whittaker stuff. Yeah, and say we kind of hit our Stephen Moffat limit here. Though. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where I ended was with Moffat left. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, Moffat has done some of the greatest and worst things with the show. <laughs> like. Yeah, I think with any showrunner, you're going to have that. With 12, he just really dropped the ball. They're going to have those low points. Yeah. And. He did great. He 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 brought it to where we are. Yeah. Um, not to mention Stephen Moffat is amazing. He did Sherlock. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, um, yeah, it, it just goes to prove like he could have some of the greatest. I haven't minds. seen his Dracula thing he's done, hmm. where it's like a it's like a series like Sherlock is, where it's like oh. ninety minute movies. Okay. But it's it's Dracula, and I was thinking that they did what they did with Sherlock, but they didn't. They're just rehashing the Dracula story. It's set in the same time period and everything. So, oh no, I know what you're talking about because I see it on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's a Netflix series. Yeah. Um, but uh, magnificent. I mean, we spent a lot of time heaping some praise on old Mister Tennant there. Let's give it to him. Um, uh, yeah, I'm down with that. Give it a magnificent bastard of the week, David Tennant. Yes, uh, just because he is an absolute magnificent bastard. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen a single thing I haven't liked him in, which is hard to say. Like everything from Good Omens to oh my god, Good Omens was so great. I know they made his and his. Have you read that book? No, they made his in uh, uh, Michael Shannon's character a little more gay in the series. They're not that they're friends and they like each other and they're very comfortable on earth and don't want it to go anywhere. Yeah. So that's their whole motivation is they don't want to move. (laughs) Yeah. uh, 
but it's they're they're a little gayer toward each other in in the show and it doesn't necessarily not work like it totally works it's kind of funny it even brings a little more humor to the thing yeah especially when you see him driving down the road with the flaming car <laughs> like, it's just great he's going to save his friend <laughs> who might possibly be more but they don't get into it yeah uh and I realized they finished out the book. So okay. I don't think there'll be another season unless they do the, the spinoff. Because he wrote another book, but oh, it was that's right. yeah. more about other characters. Uh, but yeah, David Tennant, Magnificent Bastard. He is a Magnificent Bastard. Uh, the, he, the most Scottish thing to come out of Scotland as far as acting is since Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sean Connery's Scottish Spaniard and Highlander. <laughs> God, I mean, crazy. Saw a Scottish Spaniard who lived in Japan yeah. forever. I mean, <laughs> Craig Ferguson said it best with Como Estash. You know, like that's, you can't possibly. Nice goat. Uh, for fuck's sake. Or his Scottish Russian submarine captain. Oh, yeah. Yep. Ryan, some things on here don't react well to bullets. <laughs> that's the most Scottish Russian thing ever right I would have loved to have heard him say like pierogi like the I need a pierogi uh, I have several different VDs <laughs> oh, well yes they, and they all have code names now because some of them combine to form other ones like right. we'll call them Bond 1 Bond 2 <laughs> but yes David Tennant this most Scottish thing to come out of Scotland since Sean Connery. And if you don't agree with that, just listen to his Scrooge McDuck. I would also take, uh, oh God, I blacked out on his name. He's a comedian, Billy Connolly. Oh, He's, God, yeah. I'll, I will take him. He's a good answer, too. God, I love that man. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I feel bad he has Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah, he's got uh, early, early onset Parkinson's. Yeah. Shout out to Billy Connolly. We hope you're doing well. Indeed. Uh, you probably have enough money to be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm good, man. Are you good? I think I am. Uh, just one last parting note. Please give Jody Whitaker some better material. Yes, dude. Uh, whoever the hell. If, I can't think of who's show If running. that's the common complaint we're hearing from Doctor Who fans, give this woman some shit to work with because you know she can handle it. Well, I know like in her current season, in the latest season, they, they did bring about the, the Master. I'm hmm. pretty sure the Daleks finally showed up. Um do something other than that. Um, they kind of, Matt Smith's run kind of killed the, the silence, but they yeah. were a great villain. Mm. Very uh, Slender Man, uh, yeah. Men in Black kind of feel to them. Um, and there's just something of our psyche that kind of makes us creep out over that shit. Yeah. Like the lanky, white, faceless creatures and stuff. It just, I don't know, well, something in our, in our... It's very common. And I remember discussing this in some classes I had in college to associate something pale or white with death. Right. When it comes to, I mean, even behold the pale horse, you know, oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, pale white horse. Yeah. So whiteness and death goes hand in hand. It's why usually, like, fuck, even the stormtroopers in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, and that's very, also very. Uh, zombies get paler yeah, when they die. Uh, like, yeah. So, and there you go. Kind of. Fits the bill, I mean, especially if you look throughout history. Uh, some of the worst acts perpetrated on mankind have been from the pale folks such as right. myself. Right. Um, uh, 
I don't know. I, I almost don't like being white anymore. Nope. I've also not been wanting to be white since I was a kid. But uh, just because I thought it was plain. I was like, it's it much is. more exciting to be something other color. Like, I always wanted to be a different color. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not self. I'm not white hating by any no. means. No. I but mean, but there's a lot of I've history. always thought, like, Mexicans, like, like, especially, like, cholos were cool. So mm-hmm. I wanted, I wish I was Mexican. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I Mac- just thought they were cooler. They had machismo, you know? Uh, Actually, that's true. Because, I mean. That's also a big joke because my little brothers are half Mexican. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> there you go. But I am, uh, I'm Kegger. And I am Cody. Uh, we hope uh, we didn't ramble too much. I know we rambled a lot on this one. Yeah, I could. <laughs> uh, well, you can tell we're kind of out of practice. It's it's been a little bit. Yeah, it's been almost two weeks. Well, she's a. Uh, <laughs> I say we'll, we'll we'll get our nerd cred back up with the next one. Oh yeah, we oh. should. It should be all right. All right, you guys have a good night. Stay Corona free. Like and review us on uh, Podbean on iTunes. God, I'm just not myself tonight. Uh, tell us we suck. Tell us we don't suck. Tell us we told you to. Give us five stars. Uh, Tell us that these two guys are going to beat you up if you don't. Whatever. Um, always need feedback if you have an idea for an episode. Give it to us. If you have critiques for us, give it to us. Yeah. We want it. We're hungry for it. We, Like I said, we kind of don't know what we're doing. Cody's the old hand at the podcast, and um, he's only done them one other. So, yeah. uh, and it was purely about like video games. So, Well, that and a- that in a, we need an intro jingle. Um, we don't know how to do that. So, if you have those, if anybody listening out there has an intro jingle that they want to give us to for the start the episode, to end the episode, uh, whatever, uh, give us that. Um, we would love to hear those. Yeah, sad part is I've got like 50 commercial jingles in my head right now. Right? I can't write one. No, oh, I have no idea how to do them. I um, can give you the shitty Alka-Seltzer one from like I feel the like 60s. I can do one of those like mixer board things that's on your phone. Do... <laughs> Oh, right. You know, just get some garage band and just start smashing buttons. <laughs> do metal. Right in the um, Fuck, I'll just do dubstep. It's easy enough. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, this sounds alien anyway. Uh, yeah, if there's anybody out there who can point us in the direction of that, that'd be cool. Uh, we'd listen. And we totally give you shout out and props for, for turning us on to it. Uh, uh, other than that, I'm good. Yeah. You guys have a great night. Stay COVID-free. Wear a mask. Yes. It's not a big deal. Just don't want to get quarantined again. Yep. I say, if we're seeing cases spike in other places, Lord knows it could still happen. Just I just saw that Indiana is not social distancing properly. Oh, God, no. That was in the New York Times. Oh, shit. Well, we're getting called out in New York of all places. Right. Like, we're getting called out by other states now, so fuck, we need to step up our game. I say that like the New York Times is nationally syndicated anyway. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, whatever, as long as they don't have Andrew Cuomo yelling at us on TV. Right. Right. All right, good night, guys.